Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2 today. Philippians chapter 2. And uh, the title of the message this morning is simply the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to talk about the name of Jesus. Now, growing up as a kid, I remember sitting in the back of my mom's Pontiac Sunfire. Anybody remember those cars? In the back of my mom's Pontiac Sunfire on Sundays on our way to church. And, uh, you, know, um, we, you know, we went, you know, we were black, and so we went to the Potter's house. That's what you did. Okay, we lived, we lived in Fort Worth and drove an hour away, and that's the, that's the church we went to. And, so, and we're listening to Kirk Franklin, specifically the old Kirk Franklin, okay, not the New Age stuff. The, and, and there was a song that we used to listen to almost every Sunday, and it, and it, and it goes, there's something about the name. Something about the name Jesus. Oh, thanks for the laugh. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Melinda tells me not to sing whenever I'm up here, but I tried, guys. I try. But there's something about the name of Jesus. There's something sweet about the name of Jesus. Something special. You know, whenever you say the name of Jesus in church, you know, it just stirs you a little bit different. There's something whenever you hear the name of Jesus. As a born-again believer, there's a soft spot that it hits in your spirit, man. You know, whenever you speak the name of Jesus, there's something different whenever you are speaking his name. There is something about the name of Jesus. So what is it? What is it about the name of Jesus that is so important, that's so powerful in our life and beyond our life? What is it? Well, we're going to take a look at that today. Why there is something about the name of Jesus. So we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. Paul he talks about the name of Jesus here in chapter 2. And uh, Paul, he is, at this time when he wrote this letter, he was in prison. He was in prison quite a few times, but he was in prison this day, uh, um, at this time. And he was writing to the church of Philippi, which is why it's called Philippians, the book of Philippians, because it's written to the Christians in the church that were in Philippi. And he's writing to, to, to them uh, to address a few issues, and one of them being on the issue of unity. There was a lot of division happening in the church of Philippi. Anybody know a little thing about some division trying to creep into your home or trying to creep in uh, to a relationship, whatever it may be? He, Paul was addressing that very thing. And his encouragement in chapter 2 is that they would be unified that they would be of the same mind, that they wouldn't think 
of their own selves. They wouldn't just think about their own needs and their own wants, but instead that they would consider others before themselves. And he's encouraging them to do all these things, and he says, just like Jesus. He says, I encourage you to have the same mindset that Jesus had whenever he came to the earth. Let us think the way that Jesus was thinking, the way that he humbled himself. He's he's encouraging them to do to humble themselves like Jesus humbled himself. And he uses these words. He says, let us have the same mind as Christ Jesus had. So let's go ahead and pick up in verse 5. Okay, so Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says this, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Which, by the way, guys, there are things that we have because we are Christians. Because we have placed our faith in Jesus, there are things that we have that we didn't have before. Because we are in Christ Jesus. That he lives on the inside of us. And because that is true, the word of God says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And that we have access to those things. Whatever it may be, whether it be your peace, whether it be your deliverance, whether it be uh, your help, whether it be joy, your strength, whatever you are needing, the Word of God says that He has made it all available to us in Christ Jesus. And that's what He's saying here. He says that we have this mind, we have the mind of Christ because we are in Christ Jesus. So, so have this mind amongst yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, we're going to stop here for a moment. Now, again, like I said, we're talking about the name of Jesus. And here, Paul, he's talking about the name of Jesus. He's getting ready to talk about the name of Jesus. But before he does it, he starts talking about who Jesus was before he came to the earth. That's where he started. He says that Jesus was God. Now, listen, Jesus is still God. He is. He is still God. But Paul, the Word of God, is mentioning and talking about who Jesus was before he came to the earth. He was God. You see, before the crucifixion, before all of the miracles, before the ministry that that Jesus had, before the virgin birth before the magi and the and the kings and all of those things before all of it Jesus was God he was in heaven on the throne John chapter 1 says it like this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God okay here when when, when John is, is, is saying these words, that word where it says the word, he's referring to Jesus. 
So in other words, you can, you can read it as, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God, is God, was God, and was in the beginning with God. You see, and, 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 and again in verse 14 in this same chapter, he says, the word, talking about Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. So here he's talking about Jesus, and he says that he was in the beginning. Like I said, Jesus was God, and he is still God. He still is on the throne. And you may have heard or you may have read scriptures that say that Jesus is the Son of God. All that means is saying that he is of the same nature. He is begotten of God. He is of the same nature as God, basically saying that he is God. Okay, so uh, verse 6, it says, though he was in the form of God, okay, Though he was in the form of God, look what it says here. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, that's interesting. That's really interesting to me. Although Jesus was God, he did not consider it as something that he was unwilling to let go of. That is really interesting to me. You know, because... There are kings, and there have been kings, who were unwilling to let go of their crown. They were not willing to do things that required them to step down or to take off that crown. They didn't want to lose it. They were unwilling to let go of it. There are celebrities who were unwilling to let go of the fame and the lifestyle that comes attached with it. They'll do everything to keep it. There are rulers and leaders who were unwilling to let go of the power and authority that they have and that they exercise. It's everything to them. They don't want to let go of it, but not Jesus. Jesus did not consider his position as something that he was willing to let go of. Okay? Now listen, Jesus was in heaven, and he was the un, he's undisputed as God, as the ruler of all the universe. Angels constantly praise and worship Jesus day in and day out. In fact, there are specific angels. Their one responsibility is to worship God. That's where he was. That is, who, that, that is, that is where he was. And yet Jesus let it all go. He was willing to to let it go. Well, and how did he do that? Verse 7, he emptied himself. That means that he, it doesn't mean that he emptied his God nature. He didn't, he didn't remove his God nature. It wasn't that something emptied from him, but more that he emptied himself from something. In other words, Jesus, God, emptied himself from heaven. He emptied himself from his glory. From his glory. Wow. That is something to me. Because again, he went from being recognized as God in heaven, the undisputed God in heaven, to being recognized as no one on earth. That's a pretty big jump. He was willing 
to lay it down. He emptied himself. Wow. And it says not only did he empty himself, but it says that, that he, but, but also taking the form of a servant. It's amazing to know that Jesus revealed himself and he became, as he, he came to us as a servant. He came to serve the people that put him on the cross. You know, when you think about it, he went from the highest position in all of existence to the lowest position on earth. Wow. Isn't that incredible? From the highest position in all of creation to the lowest position on earth, he voluntarily took the role of a servant. Jesus, you remember Jesus, he washed his disciples' feet. Now listen, I wouldn't wash anybody's feet, okay? That's just, you know, nobody, we, oh, that's not something that we just go around just doing, right? Okay? But in that time, only a servant, the lowest of the low, would wash someone's feet. And guess what Jesus did? He humbled himself, became a servant, washed their feet, got below them and looked up to them. You didn't do that unless you were a servant. Jesus, he, he reached out to the outcasts, the people that no one wanted to, no one wanted to talk to, no one wanted to, to be around, no one wanted to be associated with, okay? Nobody was going to be associated with a tax collector, okay? You weren't going to be around someone who had leprosy, okay? You were not going to be around a harlot, let alone, that is the majority of his time, of his ministry, is ministering to the people that nobody cared about. Why? Because he came to serve. Jesus looked up to the woman who was caught in adultery. Again, you wouldn't look up to someone, but he got on his, hand, he got on his knees and he looks up and he's looking up to this woman he came to serve. Jesus came to serve. He humbled himself. And it says that he also was born in the likeness of men. He took on human nature. Now, to me, this is one of the coolest things about Jesus, to me. Okay? There are a lot of cool things that, that, that you may pull out, but this is one of my favorite and the coolest things about Jesus, is that while he came to earth from heaven as God, the Bible says that he took on human nature. In other words, he became a human being. He wasn't half God and then half man. The Bible says that he was fully God and he was also fully man. That is so crazy to me to, just to imagine that. Because if, if you and I, when we were just walking down the road and we just happened to see Jesus, we, we wouldn't have seen somebody glowing in their face thinking, whoa, it's God. You know, his, his eyes weren't, you know, you know, his eyes weren't, you know, burning with fire. You know, it, it wasn't like you saw him and then you knew it was Jesus. No, people walked by him every single day and had no, no idea who he was because he took on human nature. He had to rest like you have to rest. He has to eat. Like we all got to eat. 
he had to sleep, just like we all have to sleep. Okay? He had to drink like we do. He, you know, the Bible says that he was tempted like you and I are tempted, except he never sinned because he's God. Which, by the way, that goes to tell us that when we are tempted, don't let the devil, don't let the devil shame you into, because you are tempted by something. Temptation is not the same as sin. We can say no through the power of of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we are able to say no to temptation. Amen? Amen. But Jesus was tempted and he did not sin. Jesus laughed, he cried, he did all of it. He was truly God, but he was also truly man. He veiled his glory. He veiled his God nature and became a true human being. That is crazy to me. It's incredible. And theology is called the hypostatic union. It's incredible. But why? Why do all that? Why did Jesus have to become a human being? Well, it says in verse 8, the reason why he became a human being, why he came, while he left his glory in heaven and became a human of no reputation, verse 8, it says, being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, and became a human being for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to die. He came to die for you. He came to die for us. He died for our sin. Our sin separated us from God. You know, if I was to go out of here after I just got done preaching and go and take Susan Creel's beautiful Tahoe and take it for a spin, and take off, and drive somewhere else, and I literally steal that thing, okay, I'm not going to do that, I promise, but if, you're welcome, but if I was to go and do that, you know, listen, and I'm going to get arrested, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to go to court, and when I go to court, I can say all I want to say, listen, I'm a pastor, okay, I'm a good man, I'm a, you know, I've got four beautiful babies, I'm a good dad, you know, I do, I mean, I, I'm a good dude. I mean, I've even gone to Kenya. I've done some great things, man. Come on, can you just forgive me? You know, that judge going to look at me like I'm crazy. And he's going to tell me, listen, man, I love you. You know, you know, I love your story, but you're not here today because of all the good things you did. You're here because you broke the law. And when you break the law, there's a penalty for breaking the law. And it's the same in the court of God. When we break God's law... There's a penalty. It doesn't matter how good of a person we are. It doesn't matter how, how many great things that we've done. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, you, know, you, you know, what other people think about us. If we break the law and the court of God, we're guilty and it demands a penalty. And that penalty is eternal separation from God. But thanks be to Jesus that he did not want that to be the end of the story for your life. He did not want that to be the final chapter of your story. But instead, he decided that he's going to do something about it. 
So he emptied himself. He took on the form of man. And he became a servant. And he came to earth for one purpose and one purpose only. And that was to pay the price for your sin. To pay the price of every person's sins today those who ever lived and those who ever will live. He took on all of our sin and he took it to the cross and he went and he died paying for our sins. The Word of God tells us that when he died, that he paid for those sins. He paid for them. It was finished. As Pastor Ken was saying in the first service, Jesus, he said, it is finished. What he was saying is that it is paid. Jesus did something about it. He emptied himself, and he came to the earth for one reason and one reason only, and that was to pay for your sin. So why would he do that? Why, why, why pay for our sins? Why? Why go through all of that? It's because he loves you. He loves you. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved. What was his motivation? His love for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He did it because he loves you, and he wants you to be saved. So he gave his life, and the Word of God says that if we believe in him, if we place our faith in him, then we would be saved. You know, Jesus showed his love when he took on all of your sin, whenever he was beaten, whenever he was stripped, whenever he was spit on, whenever he was mocked, and he took on that cross, and he carried it up to Golgotha, Remember, he's a human being. He feels everything that we would feel. Every time, whenever you imagine that nail going through your wrist and you just flinch, you know, you just imagine, yeah, he felt all of it. He was a human being. He took all of it, every bit of it, to the cross. He showed his love when he took it all the way to the cross and to his death. But the Bible says that though he was buried, he didn't stay in that ground, did he? On the third day, the Bible says that he rose from the dead alive. Amen? He is risen today. Amen? Amen. Now, as I said, we're talking about the name of Jesus. But before getting to the name of Jesus, Paul lists out all of these things for a reason. So, in verse 9, he says, therefore, what he's talking about, Because Jesus did not consider his position in heaven as something that he was unwilling to let go of. Because he emptied himself of his glory. And because he humbled himself in becoming a man even to the point of death. Because he did all these things. Verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because of what Jesus did, because he emptied himself, because he took on your sin, because he paid for it, 
It says that God highly exalted him. That is a double meaning. It's saying that he didn't just exalt him, uh, exalt him, he exalted him to the highest of the highest. He exalted him to the highest position in all of existence. Jesus, God lifted up Jesus. Remember, he left heaven. He emptied himself from heaven, and yet God restored him back at the right hand of the Father. Today, he is in heaven at the right hand of God. And he left heaven as God, and he returned to heaven as both God and man. That is where he is today, and he is at his right hand. He has all authority in his hand. And it also says that God the Father gave him the name that is above every other name. Jesus is not just any name. Jesus is not just any ordinary name. The name of Jesus is above every name, meaning that there is no name greater than the name of Jesus. Now listen, we can think of some pretty great names that have come through history. We can think of some of our favorite athletes. We can think of our, some of our favorite celebrities, some of our favorite entertainers. We can think of some of the most his, historic people in history. And yet none of their names come close to the name of Jesus. The Bible says that, that his name is greater than them all. His name, uh, uh, that, that he was given a name that is greater than them all. If there is any name that deserves your honor, that deserves your respect, that deserves your worship and your praise, it is the name of Jesus. There is no name that deserves more honor and more respect because he earned the right to sit at the right hand of God. And God elevated him. Jesus, when he came to the earth, he never elevated himself. He never put himself on a pedestal. Instead, he served people, and he elevated God. He exalted his Father. And God, when it was time, God elevated him. And he will do the same thing in our life. We don't need to elevate or puff ourselves up. Let's let God do that. Let's, let's lift up the name of Jesus, and let's let God take care of the rest. Amen? Not only does, is Jesus' name above every name, it says that, that, that God has made it so every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Now listen, when we're in church, as I mentioned earlier, we can say the name of Jesus and it is a special name. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, you know that that name is special to you. As a believer, it hits you different. But, man, you go out in the community, you go out somewhere, you go, you know, I go to the barbershop or you, you know, you go to, you know, to the, you know, you know, to Walmart, wherever, and you begin to say the name of Jesus, you're going to get a different type of stirring. People start to get a little offended. People start to act a little different. No, you can say Muhammad, and boy, you spiritual. Man, you are spiritual. You know, you can say, you can say you know, you know, that you're Buddhist, and you can say Buddha, and man, you are connected. Oh, wow, you know, you are just so spiritual. But man, you say the name of Jesus, 
we got problems. Why? Because his name demands for us to bow our knee. And people don't want to bow their knee to anyone. We're proud. But there is something about the name Jesus. His name is above every name. Even demons, every spirit, have to bow their knee to the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there is authority in his name that when we speak the name of Jesus, they may not say nothing whenever I pray the name of Marcus. Who's Marcus? But in the name of Jesus, every spirit bows. There is something about the name of Jesus that requires people. And in fact, uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among, given among men by which we must be saved. It is only in the name of Jesus that we must be saved. His name demands a response. It demands for us to respond. Either you are on one side or the other. It's, it says here that in all of eternity, one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every person, every spirit, every being, we all will bow our knee. The question is, do you call him Lord? Have you made him both Lord and Savior in your life? Because we can't wait until we meet him in eternity. Jesus says that many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord. But he says that I will turn to them and I imagine with a tear in his eye and tell them, I never knew you. We can't wait until we get to eternity to make a decision to follow Jesus. We have to make that decision today. We have to make that decision now. And we can do it by repenting and choosing to say, Lord, I give my life to you. Let us make him Lord of our life. If you're here today, I'm going to give you that opportunity. But it is only the name of Jesus that has the power to save your soul. There is power in the name of Jesus. I almost got to sing in another song. <laughs> For y'all's sake, I won't. <laughs> oh, man, I love that hymn. Well, listen, a few takeaways. How do we respond to the name of Jesus? How do we respond to the great name of Jesus? Well, number one, let us call on the name of Jesus. Let us call on the name. If you have not given your life to Jesus, if you are not born again, if, 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 if you know that you have not committed your life to him, let me encourage you today to call on his name. He is mighty to save. He is able to save your soul. He is here right now, and he is ready to step into your life, to be your Lord and your Savior. All you have to do is realize that you need Jesus. Repent, turn away from your sin, and believe. 
receive him, believe in him, believe in Jesus, and he will save your soul. He did it for me. Man, listen, he used an orange ball, a basketball to lead me to him. He saved my soul. Man, I, I remember going up to the front one time, and I, w- I was walking up, and in the back of my mind, I just knew, man, this, man I, I'm, you know, I'm doing it, but like, I think I was kind of more doing it for my own self-righteousness to make myself feel better. But in the back of my mind, I knew it wasn't real. And when I left church, I was still listening to the same music, still doing the same thing, still talking about the same stuff. I, 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 you know, I hadn't changed. You know, you, you know, we can't change ourselves and think that, think that that's a good enough to get into heaven. It's not. It wasn't until I heard that there was a basketball tournament at a church camp and a pretty girl, at, you know, at that. It, 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 was, it, it was both of them, I'll, I'll be honest. But, man, I went to that church camp, and God used that, and I heard about Jesus in a real way, how he loved me and how he died for me, and that if I placed my faith in him, that I would be born again. And for some reason, it became real to me, and I walked up to the front, and I bowed my knee. I gave my life to Jesus, and when I got up, man, my whole life was changed from the inside out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where it's just different. You know, you, you, you can try to change things from the outside in, but it's not, it's not the same. But when Jesus comes into your life, he will transform you from the inside out. All you got to do is call on the name of Jesus. Amen? And if you are a believer, you have. You have been born again. You can still call on the name of Jesus. Whatever situation you find yourself in, Whatever, whatever hole, whatever you are needing in your life, you can call on the name of Jesus because he is still mighty to save in your life. Whatever that need is, you can call out to him. Amen? His name is greater than any other name. And at the name of Jesus, whatever it is, whatever fear, whatever addiction, whatever problem that you're facing, every knee, no matter what spirit, no matter what issue it is, it must bow to the name of Jesus. There may be some steps we have to take, but Jesus will deliver. Amen? He will help us in our time of need. A couple more points. Number two, let us hope in the name of Jesus. Let us find our hope in the name of Jesus. I love what 1 Peter says, verses 3 through 5. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. What is that living hope? It's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfaded, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power is being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You know, listen, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. There is no other name in which we can hope in. You know, there's a lot, if you look on the news and you look around the world, there's a lot of turmoil. It, it, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on, and it can easily leave us frazzled. It can easily leave us fractured. But 
Let me tell you that whatever opinions that we have, whatever political position that we hold, none of those things are our hope. The only hope that we have is Jesus. He is the key for our eternal hope. Let us refix our our perspective and our gaze and find our hope in Jesus. Amen? Let us set our faith and our trust in him. And thirdly, let me read those again. Let's call on the name of Jesus. Let us hope in the name of Jesus. And number three, let us respect the name of Jesus. Ooh. Let us respect the name of Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, you know, in the culture today, you know, respect is something that has gone outside the window. And young people, let me tell you, man, you know, respect will take you a long way. Every, everywhere, respect will take. But l- let me tell you, I-, I will always respect. I will always respect. That's just how I was raised. My mom would have knocked me through a wall if I would have considered. I mean, she would have slapped me into next Sunday. Okay? Ain't happening. You will respect. And there are people that we respect. We respect our elders. We respect those who take time out of their day to work as teachers, as, you know, whoever it may be. But let me tell you, we respect the name of Jesus. You know, the name of Jesus is not a filler word. He's not just a word that we just throw out. And and guess what? He's not a curse word. The name of Jesus is not a name that we just throw out. There is His name is higher above every name. And the devil will do everything he can to make us find it comfortable to do things like that. But, man, let us reconsider. The world may may drag Jesus' name through the mud, but let us not be the ones who do it as well. Instead, let us respect the name of Jesus. Let us hold it high in our heart. Let us not misuse the name of Jesus. There is a proper way for we, let us not call on Jesus on Sunday and then misuse his name throughout the rest of the week, but instead let us hold his name as holy, as respected, and when we use it, that we use it with honor. Amen? Amen. Let us hold his name high in our hearts. Amen? Amen. And if you hear somebody, if you hear a believer using Jesus' name as a curse word, kindly remind them he is Lord. Amen? You know, I have a friend, you know, he's, he's still working on it. Every time he says, I can't even say it, but when he uses Jesus, you know, uses Jesus in that way, I just remind him, yes, he's Lord. That's right. I know it's corny. It, it really is corny. But it's just a reminder because, man, let us there, there is a respect with his name. Amen? Let us call in the name of Jesus. Let us hope in the name of Jesus. And let us respect the name of Jesus. It is higher than every other name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He is mighty to save. I want to encourage you to put your faith in him and trust him. Only Jesus only is your true hope. In a moment, we're going to pray. 
And if you're here today and you have not given your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity like someone gave me that opportunity. I don't want to leave here without giving you that true, clear opportunity for you to be born again. Because today may be your day. And if you're here, let me encourage you. The Word of God says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Bible says that you will be saved. Church, let's call on the name of Jesus. Let's close our eyes and let's bow our head. And we're going to pray this all together as a church. And if you're here today and you have not placed your faith in Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. And I want you to mean it. I want you to pray it. And I want you to pray it in your heart and believe that Jesus is going to come and save your soul right now. Church, let's pray this. Say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for going to the cross for me. I humble myself and I repent of my sin and I turn my life to you. Be my Lord and my Savior and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.